Sunday the 4th of April 2021 and you're listening to a bonus episode of Reds Unrestricted. On Thursday we spoke to the Liga journalist Rick Sharma about all things Real Madrid ahead of our Champions League meeting this week. Myself and Dan actually learned a fair bit from Rick, so I hope you can say the same in about 25 minutes time. Yeah, so as mentioned in the introduction, today's guest, um, esteemed guest, we've got a habit of over-egging our guests on here, but today we're not doing that. Today we've got Vic Sharma. Now, forgive me, but your bio on Twitter says you're based in Barcelona slash Madrid. So where are you coming from today? That's right. I am in Barcelona. That's where I am most of the time now. Before COVID, it was much more of a uh, much more movement. I was going, yeah. I was visiting Madrid a lot, going to a lot of Madrid and Lesco games. But the crunch has come to the crunch, and I'm in Barcelona at the moment. Very nice. Um, it's a lot better than Liverpool, uh, weather-wise, anyway. Um, but yeah, Vic Sharma, football journalist covering La Liga, joins us today. Um, and before we get into the nub of why we brought you on, obviously Real Madrid matters. Uh, today, Erling Haaland, well, his dad, rather, and Mina Raiola have been doing the rounds um, in Madrid and Barcelona. So you haven't passed him in Barcelona at all? <laughs> no, no, I haven't. But do you know what it reminded me of is when when uh, Martin Odegaard and his dad mm. did the rounds and they went to all of the top clubs in Europe. Yeah. It's quite similar to that. Yeah, well, these wonder kids, you know, they, uh, they like to see the surroundings before they decide where they're going, I guess. Um, but yeah, so we'll get into it. Um, first of all, thanks for joining us, as ever. Really appreciate it. Um, but today, there was a bit of breaking news on Sergio Ramos, which kind of threw one of the big pre-game narratives in the bin in terms of the Ramos-Sala revenge mission. Um, but more to the point, how much will Real miss Sergio Ramos? Um, is it more his ability and his defending, or is it his presence that they'll miss most of all? For me, it's clearly the, the presence. That's that's the thing. We've, we've seen in Madrid's last eliminations from the Champions League, they've been knocked out when they haven't had Ramos. You know, against Ajax, he was in the stands watching on as they collapsed 4-1 at home without him, which was at the time rather shocking. And it was a bit less shocking to see them knocked out by Man City last season. Yeah. And that was, again, without Ramos in, the, in, the, in that game. And it, I just think that he brings them so much in terms of, you know, he's the captain. He's a leader. He's the guy you look to when, you know, things aren't going well. He steps up from defence and he takes control of the game. And that kind of blends into the football too. Yeah. But mainly it's the leadership and the fact that Real Madrid loves the Champions League. And a big, big part of that is their great success in it over the years. And Ramos has been absolutely key to that. Mm. You know, it's his goal against Atletico Madrid that helps them get to extra time and win it in, in 2014. And he just played a massive, massive part. And I think Madrid are... Uh, by far the a worse team without him in, in big games like this. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we know all about losing leaders this year at Liverpool, as you're probably well aware. Um, so I suppose, I'll say this tongue-in-cheek, but you know, I don't know whether you thought Liverpool were favourites beforehand, but does the absence of Ramos potentially push Liverpool towards favouritism? I, I, didn't, I didn't think Liverpool were favourites beforehand. I mm. For me, I think Madrid were probably 60-40 favourites until... Mm-hmm. Until now, we know that Ramos isn't going to play. And now I think it's a lot it's a lot tighter. I still can't... I'm not going to come out and say Liverpool are favourites because for two reasons, really. One, as your listeners will know, it's not been a great season for Liverpool. They're seventh in the Premier League, I think. Yeah. And just... I mean, I've seen them a few times. I've paid quite close attention to 
Premier League football because my fantasy football team and I've been really underwhelmed. I've just sold Mo Salah as well. So, you know, maybe he's going to burst into life now. Hmm. But, you know, I, I just said think, I think Madrid are in, in better form than Liverpool are in at the moment. And, you know, without Van Dijk, it's, it's huge. It's huge, isn't it? And then the other reason is that Madrid, given the caveat of the last two seasons when they haven't done so well, are just the Champions League team, aren't they? Hmm. You can never say... You know, Madrid are underdogs in, in almost any situation. Sort of um, staying in, in similar territory, really. Um, obviously, we all kind of follow European leagues to varying degrees. Um, but really, in, in the most general sense, how much would you say the level of, of Real Madrid has, has dropped from the team that won those three um, Champions Leagues in a row? Particularly the the sixteen and seventeen teams, because I think you know the Kiev team wasn't necessarily the peak. I think it was maybe a little bit earlier than that. So would you say you know Real this iteration of Real is in some ways like Liverpool in that they're kind of dark horses in a competition rather than realistic front runners? That's probably fair. Yeah, I think you're right. Twenty seventeen is the is the peak when they won the double in that season. They were just fantastic, and they were a bit weaker by but Kiev. And ultimately, I'd say Madrid are weaker by about the value of one Cristiano Ronaldo. That's that's the difference, really. That's the team that won three Champions Leagues in a row, had Cristiano Ronaldo in it. And, you know, he gave 50 goals a season to Madrid. And they've replaced him a bit with Karim Benzema. He's stepped up and he's been fantastic for Real Madrid. But he, and he was great before that, too, just in a different way. He was a support act for Ronaldo. And he, you know... He, he set up a lot of goals for Ronaldo and it was a good combination at front and Bale too was, was in that attack. And so, you know, Benzema getting now looking at between 20 and 30 goals a season isn't, you know, just replacing Ronaldo because he was doing some of that before. And the fact is, Eden Hazard was the guy who was supposed to replace Ronaldo, took the number seven shirt, but he hasn't. He's been injured almost in the whole time since he's been at Madrid. He's played in less than half the games he could have. He won't be playing against Liverpool. Certainly not in the first leg. I don't know, you know, his this latest injury he's got is a back problem that's related to his ankle problem and it's quite difficult to say when he'll resurface. I know he went to the Belgium camp during the international break and Roberto Martinez was saying, who I'm sure you don't like as a former Everton boss, was saying uh, that Hazard is desperate to get back on the pitch. But, you know, it's all good, well and good being desperate, but is he going to be capable of doing it? And even if he is, is he going to be in any kind of shape to play in the second leg? Probably not. So. I think Madrid are basically that one creative player weaker. Before it was it was Benzema doing that. Now Benzema's the striker, so they're just missing that little bit of magic up front. I know I know he Benzema's been amazing for them. Definitely an underrated underrated player, Karim Benzema. But that's that's it really. I think they don't have the one star player in their team now. You know they've got a good spine. Madrid's spine is good. Courtois, good goalkeeper. Ramos, he's not going to be available now, but Ramos in defence, Varane in defence. Midfield, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about the midfield because that, for me, is still one of the best midfields in football, Casemiro, Cruz and Luka Modric. And then Benzema at front, but then around the outside of that is Madrid are a lot weaker than perhaps they have been in the past. You know, Marcelo at his peak is was, was is a great player. I mean, Ferland Mendy's not bad, but he's also not fantastic. He's good in FIFA, Ferland Mendy, but not in real life. He's not like an elite left-back, I don't think. Certainly from the Kiev game, I remember going into that thinking, Madrid weren't the Galacticos of what they used to be, but they had players that could really hurt Liverpool. 
and as proved to be the case, I mean, we hurt ourselves, if we're honest, in that final. But Real Madrid had, you know, even now those, your bails and just these individual moments of brilliance. And I'm not sure that's there anymore. Obviously, Benzema, we spoke about, is probably the one you'd point to. So, more generally, tactically, how do Real look to look to hurt teams now, week in, week out in the league? Benzema, obviously, is the obvious one. But aside from him, how do you think they'll go about attacking Liverpool? It's a good question, isn't it? It's a fascinating one because it's, it's very hard to analyse Madrid in the same way you would analyse, for example, Barcelona. Because with Barcelona, it's either Messi doing something magical or it's the team combining to create, you know, really well-worked tiki-taka goals. Madrid is much, much harder to look at, especially in the post-Ronaldo era, mm. because they don't have the players anymore to kind of work the ball into the box for the most part and, and create goals that way. We actually in the last game they played, they did do this. It was, it was a really nice move from Cruz into Benzema to score. They beat Celta Vigo three-one, I think it was, and and that was it was it was a rare goal from them to do that because mm. these days they're a lot more about crossing the ball into the box, about set pieces, penalties, counter attacks. It's not you know they're no longer a team filled with attacking stars who can just dazzle and dance their way across the pitch and and score a lot of goals. They're not really a team that gets as many goals as they used to unless Karim Benzema is doing it. Mm. So it's going, to be, it's going to be interesting. And I think it kind of depends on the lineups that Dan picks. But if Vinicius Jr. plays, then they'll definitely be looking to hit Liverpool on the counter because mm. his speed is, is really, really dangerous. So, you know, Liverpool's defensive problems are well-versed in everyone now, but that's mainly due to injuries. But obviously they've now lost Ramos as well. Have Real Madrid got a bit of a defensive problem? I think Madrid have always had a defensive problem in the la- in the past <laughs> I mean well, in the history of Madrid maybe but in the last few years and then at the end of last season they really really did well defensively and, sh- and shut teams down and scraped a lot of one nils to make it to the title and mm. I think that when the big games come around they can it's not it's not really the same comparing Real Madrid against you know Levante or Real Madrid against Wesker or small teams like that to when Real Madrid play against Liverpool or Barcelona or, or big teams because they're the mentality is different. And I know Ramos isn't going to be there, which is which is not good for Madrid in that regard. But the mentality is different. They play like a different team. They step mm. up a level, and you can almost you can almost forget about kind of the systematic deficiencies in their week to week league play. Mm. So yeah, Madrid's defense hasn't been great lately. But I think it's the kind of defense that if a big game comes and they're on it, you know, they they can keep a clean sheet. It's not going to be a free for all for Mo and Mane. I think that that Madrid. Uh, often lack concentration. And I mean, you see them in games and sometimes, you know, they play really well for parts of games and they completely go off the boil inexplicably in the second half and then, you know, get things together by the end to make sure they get the win. I think in the big Champions League games, they're going to try and avoid that. And they didn't last season because Varane, who's normally a pretty, pretty good defender, made mm. some bad mistakes against City when they got yeah. left out. Yeah, it's um, who's likely to replace Just to finish off on the Ramos on the note, really, who's likely to replace him there? Well, the player they've been using a lot in the middle in defence is Nacho. And mm. Nacho is a player that has been at Madrid for a long time. And he is for often, often he's always, I mean, he's always been a reserve, but often he hasn't been particularly good when he's come in to fill in players. And it's partly because he's so versatile. He plays at left back, right back, centre back, right. that, you know, he's a kind of jack of all trades, master of none. But to be fair to him, this year, he's been really reliable and he's been a very safe pair of hands. So I imagine Nacho will come in for Ramos. Mm. But. The, the issue is whether Madrid then change their formation because I think 
they would have gone with three at the back and two wing backs in this game. They've been trying that a lot recently. Right. And now, without Ramos, they might just play four at the back. So it would be, depending on if Carver Howe's fit, Carver Howe, Nacho, Varane and Mendy. Okay. Yeah, they're two very attacking fullbacks. If that is the case with that four and the, you know, them fullbacks bottom on, very similar to ours. So it'll be an interesting uh, battle of wits, really, as to which one's come out on top. But uh, I know, Dave, you wanted to press it into the Benzema a little bit more. Yeah, well, um, Rick, obviously... Uh, mentioned him earlier on and mentioned how he's his his stock sort of have grown really um across Europe. I think he's probably starting to get some of the respect that he deserves. But you know, just to to focus on Benzema for a bit, would you say that he's really over the last the last year or so now being someone who's who's dragged Real up a level and and also on Benzema, how wary do you think Liverpool have to be? of Benzema's ability to almost drop deep and create space and create opportunities for others. Yeah, very, very wary because he is the creative fulcrum really of Madrid. And I, I don't think it's what you mean, but I don't, I mean, I don't think Madrid's dragged, uh, sorry, Benzema's dragged Madrid up a level because they've definitely gone down level, but he has been keeping them from being, you know, like lesser than they are. You know, he's been absolutely essential. And he's, he's 30, I think he's 33 now. So, you know, he's, st- he's still young enough that he's physically not, not, you can't count him out. You know, he's good. He's pressing has been good in the last few games and he's, he's strong in the air. You know, he's not like massive, but he's, he's, he's good in the air and he's, he can kind of trip defenders so easily. And I think that his movement is fantastic. And ultimately Benzema, I mean, he himself says at some point he's going to have to stop being the guy that dropped back into midfield because he's not going to physically be able to do it anymore. But he says for now, he's perfectly capable of doing it. And I think they'll get the game to show that. And he, he's going to be, he's going to be a thorn Liverpool side, I think. Our midfield's really been exposed this season, but mainly due to obviously a lot of them playing in defence, basically. Um, but of late, obviously we've had Fabinho back into there and it's made us look a totally different side, if I'm honest. Um, this is going to be a bit injury dependent by the looks of it, and we'll we'll, we'll press deeper into the injuries in a second. But you, you very briefly touched upon Modric and Cruz uh, earlier on, and um, both fantastic players. I think we all know that. Um, like, are those two probably still the the elite players, if you like, in that Real Madrid side? Even though Modric, I think he's thirty five now, um, but he's still you know performing at a seriously high level. Um, it's interesting that the Real Madrid's best two players seem to be. I think 33 with Benzema, 35 with Modric. It's a sign of the times, really. But um, yeah, so they're just on those two, really. Are they probably, you know, if those two play well, do they do they win the game, really? I think I think you're doing Casemiro a disservice because for me, he's Real Madrid's second best player okay. behind Benzema. Yeah, and I mean, he, I will talk about those two because what you want is what you want to talk about. But I want mm. afterwards, I have to say a few words for Casemiro because yeah. he's so so good. But yeah, I mean, Modric, it's remarkable, 35 years old, how how good he is still, how much running he gets through in the game. That's mm. the thing. You know, it's not like he's 35, so he's going to take a back seat and just play a few nice passes and, you know, pull the strings. But he is getting through an insane amount of work on the pitch mm. in Madrid. And Cruz is, is more mobile than people give him credit for as well. He's another one who people are like, yeah, he's a good passer. But he does, he gets about two. And I think that, I think that those two and, and Casemiro are really still, and I'm going to borrow a phrase from a guy who did commentary with a guy called Tim Lee. He called them football royalty. And I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. stick with that phrase because they are, they are football <laughs> royalty. 
They're phenomenal. But on Casemiro, I, I, I'm quite interested to, to hear what you think about him because I feel like in England there's a perception that he's he's like a defensive midfielder, that he's you know mm. he's an anchor man. And I and that's certainly how he started off at Madrid, but, and he was like that for a couple of years. You know, he's a good tackler. He's quite violent when he needs yeah. to be at times. You know, pull people's shirts and he'll get away with it and that kind of stuff. But in the last, I'd say probably since Ronaldo left, the last two three years. He has become an all-round midfield maestro, basically. He's, he's really important to Madrid's attacking game. He's good in the air. I mean, I've got the stats somewhere here. I think he's the second top scorer at Madrid this season. He's got six goals, yeah, behind Benzema on 23 yeah. across all competitions, which shows you, you know, how useful he is in attack. And no one would have imagined that three or four years ago on Casemiro. He's oh. stepped forward hugely in that, in that regard. I was going to ask about Casemiro sort of, Obviously, from a Liverpool perspective, comparing them to Fabinho, really, how, how do you th- how similar do you think those two players are? Because I think I'm right in saying that at international level, uh, Casemiro is the one that's favoured, and it sounds like from what you're saying that he might have you know maybe more strings to his bow than Fabinho does. Yeah, I'm not. I'm I'm not someone who doesn't like Fabinho. I think in fact, when I've seen him at centre back, he's been he's been quality. You you've seen him them obviously far mm. more than me. But I, mean, I watched the Liverpool-Chelsea game, uh, maybe towards the end of last season, maybe it was the start of this season. I think it was this season because Timo Werner was playing. And, he, and Fabinho, absolutely, I mean, I guess Werner now, after what he did for Germany against Macedonia and everyone's mocking him and he's played badly. But at the time he'd signed, you know, it was an exciting signing. And Fabinho absolutely destroyed him. There was a couple of, like, races where Werner was pretty pacey. He was trying to get by and Fabinho was just really clever and knew how to, to stop him. But then, you know, that in midfield is a kind of different question. I think in midfield... Casemiro is 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 superior to, to, to Fabinho, and I think Casemiro for me is top ten top ten in the world. Like you know, you, you have your De Bruyne's, you have maybe your Salah. Obviously, you have Messi. Maybe you still have Cristiano up there. Probably probably not for me, but in terms of decisiveness, maybe you do. But you have Casemiro because Casemiro, you'll see. I mean, I hope you see in the in the, in the tie, or you probably hope you don't see. But in the tie, you'll you'll see how good Casemiro really is. Yeah, I certainly hope we don't see. But I must admit, I'm really shocked because what you touched upon earlier in terms of, you know, the perception we have of him, I, I do still have that perception, I must admit. I'll be dead honest. Like, obviously not watching Real Madrid week in, week out, it's probably easy for us to have that. And I, the violence, <laughs> you remember, I remember him being like that sort of nitty-gritty tackling defensive midfielder. But obviously, by the sound, that's completely turned around of late. Well, I mean, he'll still do that. He still puts his foot in, he still is the player that's committing more unpunished fouls than anyone else on the pitch and often dodging cards and stuff like that. Mm. But he is also an important attacking player. And he, I mean, I can't remember which game it was. It was a game recently where he is, I mean, late in the game, he goes into kind of central attacking midfield or even stays in the box partly because of his height. But also yeah. his footwork's not bad either, which is for a defensive midfielder is, is, is remarkable really. So while we're on the topic, really, just wanted to, uh, you touched on the back four earlier, and we know Courtois will be in goal. So who do you think will fill that Real Madrid lineup? I think there's, you can definitely say Courtois will play, Nacho will play, Varane will play, Mondi will play, Casemiro, Modric and Cruz will play, and Benzema will play. So that's what, mm. six, seven, eight, that's eight names. Yeah. And then you have, you have the other three to fill. And that, I would have said before, maybe he would go with, you know, an extra, you know, with Ramos and Carvajal, and then you have the 3-5-2. So it would be Benzema and Vinicius up front. But mm. now that the 3-5-2 is, is off the table, really, unless you play Mendy as a centre-back, which he has done sometimes, 
mm. and then play Marcelo, which I don't think he'll do because Marcelo defensively would be absolutely destroyed by Salah on the on the right hand side. Yeah. Would uh, you're looking at probably a four three three, which is a bad news for Madrid because I think they would be much better off against Liverpool with the three five two. But so you're probably going to have Benzema with two of Vinicius, Asensio, or Rodrigo around him. Mm-hmm. And I think Asensio has got a couple of goals lately. So I imagine it would be Asensio, Benzema, Vinicius up front. We know the midfield trio. And then the back four, Carvajal, Nacho, Varane, Mendy. Yeah. It's interesting you would rather, and you think it'd be better for Vale to play the five, because we obviously did a, a very similar show with uh, Chris Williams on Leipzig. And we spoke about Angelino, who essentially plays a Mar- Marcelo role. And I was quietly confident about Salah up against a wing-back, such an attacking wing-back. Um, and it almost proved to be the case. Like I felt we had a lot of joy down there. And I think the same could be said if Real Madrid... Mendy's very attacking as well, isn't he? So I always fancy Liverpool when the, the opposition left-back likes to get forward, whether it be a wing-back or a left-back, really. So I'm quietly confident, again, that we can have quite a lot of joy up against either of them two, to be honest. I think Mendy is... is... More balanced, maybe. It was definitely more balanced than Marcelo, for example. Yeah. Because Madrid, Madrid's defence did improve a lot when Mendy came in and replaced Marcelo. Mm. And there was a stat earlier this season. It's no longer true because they did win a game with Marcelo in the team. But I think, you know, Marcelo had every single game he played in, like 12, 13 games in a row, Madrid hadn't won. Right. And then the rest of the games, they basically won all of them. So yeah. that shows like how much weight was on, on his participation. Um, obviously, having gauged what the lineup might be, you know, from our perspective, we we sort of relished the draw when it came out. Not not because we necessarily thought Real were you know there for the taking or anything, but more because obviously it's an opportunity to get revenge, really, from our point of view for the pretty heartbreaking loss we suffered um, in Kiev, and obviously the feeling of injustice we had um, about some aspects of that game. So I think as a fan base and you know, certainly some of the players who were involved, they'll be particularly fired up for the game. But do you think that it's actually more likely to be sort of tight and scrappy rather than sort of any fireworks, really? Because obviously when you have that pre-match atmosphere, you think, you know, it could be a pretty explosive occasion, but might it end up actually being, you know, really tight and, you know, swing on very fine margins? I expect the first leg probably will be tight. The first legs tend to be more that way in the Champions League these days. And then when, you know, all the cards are on the table in the second leg, things kind of open up a bit more and get a bit more explosive. I expect Madrid will be desperate to keep a clean sheet. You know, you don't concede an away goal and you're at a big advantage already in the tie. So, but then, as we've said, they're not the best defensively. So, you know, if they let in an early goal, it could be, it could be interesting. They'll have to open out a bit more, I think. But I don't know. It's, it's pretty hard to call. Madrid, a lot of Madrid games recently haven't been very exciting, regardless of the, you know, the situation against big teams or against smaller teams. You know, they, against Atalanta, they probably should have lost in the first leg. They're, well, I mean, they were lucky because they, they had a, Atalanta had a man sent off quite harshly. And then Madrid snatched a, a win late on with Mendy actually getting the goal. In that. And then in the second leg, they were very calm, very cool and just dispatched Atalanta pretty easily, but there was no excitement to be had in, in that game. So I wouldn't expect fireworks on Tuesday. But second leg, we'll see what happens in the first leg. Second leg will probably be more interesting. Well, can we maybe squeeze a, uh, a prediction out of you for 
either either the first leg in particular or if you're feeling a little bit braver for the tie generally? I will hazard a guess at a, a one-all draw at Madrid's training grounds, where the, where the game will be. Yeah. And uh, the tie as a whole, I mean, I, my guess is Madrid will go through. It, but not by much. It, you know, if Liverpool win, I wouldn't be like shocked. I'm going to guess 2-1. Uh, so on aggregate, 3-2 to Real Madrid over the two legs. Well, that seems like not the perfect note to end on because I'll come in with a more positive thing. Just to throw my two penneth into that, I I agree it'll be rather tight, to be honest with you. And I've listened to everything you've said. I, I, I'm i actually expecting a slightly more difficult game than I was previously because I think, like Dave touched upon, Liverpool were quite happy with the draw. I think both Real Madrid and Liverpool fans would have been happy with the draw because we avoided the other half of the draw, which just looks like a minefield for, for elimination, basically. But I, I fancy yours. I think the last couple of weeks have shown prior to the international break that with Fabinho back in the field, there's a lot more solidity to us. Um, and I think the news today with Ramos missing is another boost. Um, and I just, yeah, I think I think we'll have enough to qualify. But I completely take on board what you said and wouldn't be surprised if uh, if Real Madrid nicked it as well. But yeah, I, I, I think Liverpool will be okay this time. But yeah, that is about all we've got time for. So just want to um, give Rick the opportunity to uh, plug any work he's got or anything he's got coming up, uh, as ever. We'll put your Twitter in the um, in the description. Um, but yeah, really appreciate you coming on. I just want you to plug anything you've got going on. Cool, cool. Um, thanks for having me. In terms of plugs, I don't know, just, yeah, on Twitter and anything I do, I'll, I'll post there. I'm on a, actually on a Barcelona podcast, which is called Siempre Positivo. So if that is something you're interested in, have a listen. I'm sure we'll do lots of content, which is kind of, you know, about Haaland or about, you know, yeah. players that, you know, Virgin Alden perhaps, because he's been linked quite heavily to Barca. So it might be something that's relevant to your listeners. Yeah, no, it certainly will be, yeah, because that is a deal that's ran and ran for some time now, as the Haaland one may well do. And, and you could definitely have some, shed some light onto that situation. But a brilliant insight today. Really appreciate that. And uh, hopefully the listeners, I know we have got a, a lot better of an idea of how Real Madrid are going to approach this. So, yeah, really appreciate it from my point of view. And uh, any final thoughts from you, Dave? Yeah, I just wanted to just wanted to say thanks to Rick, really. You know, you can tell the certain, the certain journalists you hear and, you know, when they talk about their clubs, you can just you can almost feel the knowledge emanating from them. Um, so yeah, it was really good to uh, to listen to that. Um, having said that, though, um, I do expect Fabinho to score a thirty yarder now in, <laughs> in in the tie. Haven't haven't been called inferior to uh, to Casemiro, so at least that. But yeah, thanks again, Rick. Cheers, guys. Nice one, mate. Cheers. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts.